It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everyone. A beautiful Friday. We are Ronless today on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Friday Roundtable. I'm Sam Ekstrom. That's Luke Inman. He's the NFL Draft Buzz newsletter author. And that's Reggie Wilson of Care 11, the sports director and anchor. It reminds me of our mailbag show on Wednesdays. It's myself, it's Luke, it's Reggie, talking all Minnesota sports for the next hour. Glad you joined us today on Locked On Sports Minnesota, which you can subscribe to on YouTube or for free wherever you get your podcast. We're really glad that you're with us today. And we've got a lot to talk about. I've got a full rundown of every um, major pro Minnesota sports team. We're talking Vikings, free agency redo. Minnesota Wild Draft, people hate it. Why? Why do they hate it? Carl uh, Anthony Towns keeps putting out ludicrous quotes into, into the ether. Is a trade looming for Carl Anthony Towns? And the Twins, they, they just stink. They stink. But you know what? What, what is that I hear? Whoa. We got a thing going up. Where did that come from? What, what is this? What is that? I have no clue where this is coming from, you guys. There's just this music out there that's playing. Where is this going? Happy birthday, Luke. Happy birthday, Luke Inman. Happy birthday. You went with that? It's a big day. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Finally throw away that fake ID. First round's on me tonight. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, um, I had no idea where you're going with that one. That the, the I liked the little ramp for the suspense, but it went that a little too long. The ramp went yeah, a little long. I, I couldn't like, really stick the landing there. Is Sam um, a game show host now? Yes, that's actually let's, been let's my hear aspiration. The game show. Let's hear the game I've been trying show. to yeah, working in broadcasting just to build my resume to uh, <laughs> to do that, but. Then Seacrest sniped Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Let's man. not even do that. Sent in the application, know. didn't hear back. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Luke Inman, tell us about the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, boys. The Vikes have 18 mil just sitting in the bank right now after all those offseason moves. If we could go back, would we spend some of that extra cash on retaining a big name or two? That's what we're going to talk about today. Love it. I would say... Yes, but you know we'll get there. We'll get there. Also, free agency starts today. We we've already seen some big moves in the NBA. Could something with Cat be looming? I'm not so sure. And the Minnesota Wild draft—they got a lot of hometown guys. It's great for the the Minnesota folks, but the hockey people are trying to tell us something about, especially this first round pick. Uh, we're going to dive into that and uh, see if we can get to the bottom of it. But we begin with the Minnesota Vikings, as we do most Fridays. Luke Inman, take it away. As hard as it was to sit here this offseason, right, watch big names move on like Thielen and Kendricks and everyone else, you see the vision, Kwasiak, going into the offseason, having to rid himself of all those inflated contracts Rick Spielman left behind. Finally now, it does look like hopefully next year, he'll finally be able to be at least in the middle of the pack in cap space. Of course, pending guys like Kirk Cousins, JJ's extension, Hawkinson, and all those guys. So I'll just say I agree with all the moves just on a broad scale. But if there was one guy I still think about in the back of my mind when I'm laying in bed at night, it's Dalvin Tomlinson. 
Because think about it. That defensive line was already a soft spot of the defense last year. I mean, that Cowboys game alone at home, it was a prime example. The way they got pushed around for four quarters, that one still keeps me up at night. And now you lose arguably your best player in the trenches. You replace him with Tonga, who's all in all been a career backup. And then the third guy you have penciled in is the guy the Packers didn't even want to resign. They could have easily resigned Dean Laurie at the price. And they said no. So that doesn't really make you feel great. Have a ton of confidence going into the season either. So I know everyone talks about cornerback and rightfully so, but I'm shocked more people aren't at least concerned about the trenches and the three starters they have penciled in right now. I mean, that's still where the game is won and lost, guys. It's not a secret. And I just think having Tomlinson back in the middle or even at five tech would make me feel night and day better about Flores' chances at keeping this whole thing afloat. So, you know, I pulled up the contract just now. He got in Cleveland. It's a four-year deal. The first two years are only around $5 million each. Then it jumps to close to $19 million, which I know is a lot. So maybe I spread that around a little more. I pay him like 10 or 12 out the gate over double, and that softens the blow on the back end. So if I need to get out of that contract in two or three years, it's a lot more manageable because I think you still want to keep a little bit of cash left over this year just in case. But what do you think, guys? Am I nuts? Why isn't the defensive line more of a talking point for people? I don't get that. I I see where you're going with that. I think um, where my mind kind of goes to are two guys. I'm going to give you a Luke answer. But two guys. One is Zadarius. I think he was the top flight guy last year. I don't know why you just bring him in for a one-year rental and then let him loose. Um, I think he still has a lot of good football left in him, and I think he was motivated to play well last year and earn the right to you know get the, the extra money that he got from Cleveland. Um, but I think that's going to be a big void in that defensive uh, trench, as you said, in, down in the trenches. Um, I, I think the Dalvin Tomlinson loss is a pretty big one. I just don't know. I haven't watched enough of Brian Flores' tape of his defenses to know just how disruptive his defensive tackles are in his defense. And so I I don't know if he just has a plan for some reason. I just get this feeling that like, they're just going to be on vibes on defense. Like they're going to try to get pressure how they can with whoever they can. And they're just going to like manufacture some stuff to kind of make up for the, the lack of depth or the lack of, of talent that they have from last year to this year. But If I'm talking one guy that I want a free agency redo, and you guys have heard me say this week after week since it happened, (laughs) Dalvin Cook, he's still a top flight running back in the NFL. This is not some guy who is on the decline. Like He's still RB1. And the fact that he has – you know, all these suitors and he's just got to make his choice. Apparently that, that's what the, the reports are. I have watched ESPN for the last week. And I know this is usually that time where, you know, they're just manufacturing content because it's not a whole lot to talk about. Dalvin Cook has been in the headlines for the past week and a half. Which team is going to sign Dalvin Cook? What's, what are they getting when they sign him? And like, it has gone on for segments after segment after segment mm-hmm. on get up, 
NFL Live, on the, the show that Max Kellerman hosts, on First Take, like all these shows, Sports Center, they've they've all talked about Dalvin Cook and his impact that he can have. And I think that's not for nothing. I know that's it, you know, it's it's the dead of summer or whatever, but he is still a top flight running back in the league. And I think that's a guy that I'm like, man, like I know the price tag was high, but like he's still a dude. Yeah, I I think that you're onto something there, Reg. Like the the fact that they could have fairly easily made this work with with what they had cap wise. You know, maybe you end up being frustrated uh, once you see where he ends up going and how he does. Like I told I totally get that. Um, if I were given the Vikings full like cap allotment right now, eighteen million, and I could go back and snatch some guys and and put them back on this roster, and keep in mind. Like the the Vikings kind of chose the path to not be able to do this. Like they could have been more decisive guys and traded, like traded or cut Dalvin much earlier. They could have traded or cut Zedarius Smith much earlier and had this money available to them in March when they needed it. And for whatever reason, they waited around. They were maybe hoping for something that never came. And they, they never had the chance to do this. They didn't allow themselves. So that's why the Vikings are in this mess. Like, let, let's be clear about that. Um, and maybe this was the goal all along. Maybe they just want to roll this money over to next year's cap and, and just kind of let it sit there. That could easily be what the plan is. I don't love that because you still, that's only a teardown plan. That's not really a, we're going to try to compete sort of this year plan um, and sit on all this money. But if I were going to go back in time and make those moves and have this money. I think I agree with Luke. I think Dalvin Tomlinson, based on uh, his age, his productivity, um, an area of weakness for the Vikings as it stands right now, I think Dalvin Tomlinson at $14 million-ish per year, and then if I've got a couple million left over, I'm sprinkling some towards Duke Shelley. I'm bringing back Duke. I'm bringing back somebody Duke. who, one of my, yeah, one of the fan favorites last year, you could have afforded him. I have no clue why they cleaned house, almost for the sake of cleaning house. It was like, okay, we're going to get rid of everybody associated with this defense. Well, do you have to? Do you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater here? Like, I, I get Patrick Peterson's price tag is expensive, but you, did you need to cut Cam Dantzler here? Did you need to let go of Chris Boyd? Like all of these guys, I think I think there was maybe some value to be found, and the Vikings chose not to pursue any of that and just completely start over fresh. So that's the bed that they made. Uh, Reggie, let's go to you. Hey, real Talk quick, little... real quick, yeah, oh, real yeah. quick, real go quick, ahead, quick, quick. T it, is Marcus Peters still sitting out in free agency? Because if I'm Brian Flores, I, I, I'm showing up to training camp. I see what I'm working with that corner. I demand a blank check from Quasi's checkbook. And you tell Marcus Peters to name his price and just get his butt over here to Egan. I mean, I think he would make such a huge difference, especially this late in the offseason, to even have a guy that talented available. Pair him up with Byron Murphy. All of a sudden, with Byron Murphy and Marcus Peters, a weakness, okay, maybe it's not a strength, but you feel a million times better with Marcus Peters in the mix. Let's just some quick on-air research oh, here. Man. So Marcus Peters with Baltimore last year, was he hurt in 2021? He must have had a, an injury. Didn't yeah, play. Yeah, he tore, tore his knee up. Okay, yeah. so came back from the knee last year, played for Baltimore. Looking at his stats, it's not bad. Not great. And, well, not great, but not 
not bad either. Well, if you're, yeah, there's if a you're reason he's still PFF. sitting out there, right? I mean, he's getting a little long in the tooth. He's got to be what? I mean, same draft as Trey Wayne, so 30, 31. Yeah, he's 30. Yeah, it, but but in his prime, one of the best man cover corners, which I think is what you're looking for in Brian Flores' system. You talk about why I want Delvin Tomlinson back so bad, because if they don't have more push and just strength up the middle, then Brian Flores is going to have no choice but to dial up blitzes. And when you dial up blitzes, that means you're leaving your corners out on an island. You need guys who can keep up and go step for step with some of the best receivers in the league. You need guys who can run and play good man cover corner skills. So I think Marcus Peters, just knowing his skill set, yeah, of course. He's not a pro bowler anymore at this point, but I think that would help at least alleviate some depth concerns and give you another veteran voice in that uh, secondary room. To your point, Sam, I, I'm not really sure that Cam, keeping Cam Dantzler was the move, especially if you go back and watch the the game against Detroit in Detroit last year and yeah. the fact that he's already gone to another team and gotten cut by that team as well. Yeah, that that is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Might have been some stuff going on off the field too with Cam. Don't know for sure. There was just some suspicious you know, roster moves made last year and, and just the, the ease with which he got demoted behind Duke. I, it's always a head scratcher. So yeah, Marcus Peters still sitting there. And hey, if, if it's a couple million, like if the price is so low, why not? Why wouldn't you go for that and just try to add him to the mix? I think that'd be a better move than Bashad Breeland, Luke, a couple of years ago <laughs> that they tried to save the season with. Benny um, Sapp, how far back you want to go? They've been doing <laughs> this for decades now, Sam. The uh, the latest with the Minnesota Timberwolves and Carl Anthony Towns, after I remind folks that FanDuel Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of Locked On and Major League Baseball. You can bet baseball all summer, including all the Minnesota Twins games at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. They're in Baltimore tonight after a big players-only meeting. Are they going to come out fired up? Are they going to be swinging the bats? Maybe bet the over Twins and Orioles tonight. FanDuel.com slash locked on all the lines. Great promotions there as well, including the no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel Sportsbook app is very easy to use and pays you instantly when you win. So why not bet all the Major League Baseball games there? They're an official partner of Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Timberwolves news updates. They have declined the option on Torian Prince. And they have declined an RFA offer to Nikhil Alexander-Walker, though apparently they still want to get him back for a cheaper price. Um, so they're clearing some money. This is about the one-year anniversary where uh, where Windhorst sat back in his seat on first take, gave the little finger gestures. Yep, Luke's got it. Reggie's got it. Um, is that going to happen again today? Are we going to have Windhorst saying, What's going on with the Timberwolves? It's a very interesting move. Reggie, what's going on with the Wolves? Yeah, I don't I don't see it happening, man. I think they are just kind of standing pat and and trying to run it back like the Vikings did last season. They're like, you know what? Look, if Cat hadn't missed 50 games and they were able to play a full schedule with the two twin towers down low and and all that. I feel like what was interesting was when Cat went down, it kind of allowed Ant to blossom. And then once Cat came back, like Ant was like the guy that he was supposed to be. And then Cat was able to play complimentary with Ant. Mm. 
but then you got Rudy down low and you're like, okay, what, what are we doing with him? Like, he's just kind of clogging it up, but he can still get you some blocks. He can still get some boards. He still catch a couple lobs, you know, off the pick and roll. And it's just interesting when you look at what the Nuggets did to win the championship, they had two bigs, but the other big, uh, other than Jokic was Aaron Gordon. And he did totally different things than what Rudy Gobert does. And so I still just don't see the vision with it. But I think, you know, Connolly's like, look, man, I did a lot to get Rudy here. So, like, I can't just tank it and give up on it the first year after I did the trade. And so I think he's content to run it back, see what exactly it looks like if Cat is fully healthy, if Rudy's healthy, if they have Ant. And they I, – I just don't understand the whole three bigs thing now that you've you've dedicated – what is it, like 340 – something million dollars between three bigs it's like okay like i get it you like the bigs but it's like how are these guys going to get utilized because when you kind of look at it if we're comparing to the nuggets again Nas Reed kind of plays like how aaron gordon plays and so like you can kind of see the vision there but he's coming off the bench and you're paying him quite a bit of money to come off the bench there and so now you you decline to kill alexander walker who Really came him. on in the in the playoffs and really showed that he deserves to be here. But you're trying to get him for less money. I think in his mind, he's like, Psh, I I deserve more money than than what I'm getting based on my performance. And I remember talking to Nikhil when he first got here, when he first got traded here in the Conley trade. And at first, it seemed like he was just kind of like a throw in guy, like a guy who probably wouldn't see much of the court. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, man, I'm trying to play. And I think after being traded three, four times in his career now, he told me that he was looking forward to just finding a team that he can stick with. And so now you kind of see him on the outs with another team. I think he's probably looking for a little bit more job security, maybe a little bit more job security than the Wolves can provide, especially if the word is already that they are talking about signing him for less money. Like He's like, look, I'm still a young guy. How are you getting me on a, on a cheap deal? And so I think they're content to try to run it back, maybe get some guys in at vet minimums or something like that because they really don't have a lot of money to play around with. And the second apron is coming soon, so they're going to have to figure out this whole salary cap thing because Ann is due to get paid. Jaden McDaniels is due to get paid. So it's going to be a little murky there moving forward. And then they draft Leonard Miller, who he's probably not going to play much minutes anytime soon, but like now you got four bigs that you need to figure out what you're going to do with. So something has to happen, but I'm not sure that they're going to do anything when it comes to moving cat this off season. They may wait. Yeah. Red shit, the eight topic. They want to run it back, right? See what they got with everybody's fully healthy for a full slate. If they were going to trade him, moving them during draft weekend would have made the most sense, right? Just because you have so many more options and variables to play with. When you add this year's picks into the equation as a GM trying to make a deal. Now it just feels like your options are so much more limited in a player for player swap, unless you're willing to wait a whole nother year for future picks that don't help you at all this season. And like Reggie mentioned, like it just, feels like they would have wanted more instant impact assets because of the Rudy trade that basically puts you in a win now mode for the next, you know, three, four years minimum. So you never say never, but I just think 
if it's a player for player swap, end of the day, they'd just rather keep Cat, push their chips all in, knowing, hey, we made the playoffs last year, even though we were missing our all star player for most of the season, plus multiple pieces as well. Let's run this thing back, see what this thing looks like, and give it another shot when we've got everyone healthy for a full season before we start to blow the whole thing up, strip it down to the studs. Never say never, but I feel like the chances went from about 22% to about 5%, maybe even less than that. And maybe I'm biased because I'm a draft nut, but personally, if I'm trading cat, I'm looking for premium draft picks in return, not a player for player swap, unless it's just an absolute stud, I guess. But those moves just don't happen a lot in the NBA or any league for that matter. Yeah, like yeah. those cat. Cat and Connolly for Dame or something. Sure. Like, yes. oh. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect I would love Dame. I would yeah. love Dame. And there does have to be sort of a salary for salary swap in the NBA, but a lot of those throw ins are not really valuable pieces. They're just to make the salary work. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cat has a big salary. So you'd have to give a lot of assets, I think, to make that match up. I think, I, I think I'm correct in what I'm saying. I'm no Dane Moore when it comes to the NBA salary cap, but. Here's what the Wolves have done. The Wolves have actually created options for themselves. They've got a lot of assets right now that have value. I'm not Gobert's not one of them, but they've got Cat. They've got Nas. You're saying, wait, not well, not they just resigned him. No, Nas is is legitimately an asset that they could deal for for positive value at any time. They could trade him at the deadline. They could trade him next offseason. That's an asset. Mike Connolly's contract is an asset. Jaden McDaniels is an asset. So if the Wolves run this back, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Or maybe they someone else gets hurt. Anthony Edwards gets hurt and things go down the tubes. The Wolves have options. The Wolves can wheel and deal. They can replenish their draft capital. They've got a lot of players that would fetch them value. That's a good spot to be in. Um, so they can, I think they have options. They can run it back, try to win. And if it goes well, if they get off to a hot start, great. You've got a good team. If it doesn't, you've got assets. And you can trade them for picks. And you can fetch back, I think, a lot of what you gave up in that Rudy Gobert trade. Um, I tend to think that Cat is harder to trade now with this so-called second apron, this hard cap that's coming to the NBA where luxury tax violators get penalized up the wazoo. And no one's going to want to take on what sixty million dollars getting paid to Cat in a couple of years? That's that's a wild number. Um, so I think that maybe Cat's value has diminished because of that just a little bit. But I still think he does have positive value because of what he can do as a shooter, his age, um, just overall statistical productivity. But I tend to agree with you guys. I think it's more likely than not that they do at least begin to run it back, unless they're blown away with a deal. But hey, guys, come on! You got to re-sign Nah. Don't let Nah just walk away. Um, you got to bring back any dub. You know, just to your point, as far as like all these guys are assets outside of Cat and of course Ant, who's untouchable. Nobody wants Rudy. Who is the biggest mm-hmm. asset? Would you say on the roster that you could get the most bang for your buck or best value if you were to move him? Yeah. Um, did you say outside of Cat? Yeah, outside of Cat. Yeah, I would say, and outside of Ant because he's yeah untouchable. Mm-hmm. I would say. Um, is it Nas? I would, I would say Jaden, Jaden or Nas, probably Jaden because of okay. his defense. Okay. Reg, what and do you so think? So young, and he's so young, right? Yeah, twenty-two. What, 
and not and Nas is young too, and the contract is super friendly. Um, Reg, do you have an opinion on that? Give me the question one more time. Luke. Well, Sam brought up a great point. Like, hey, just because we re-sign Nas doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be on the team. We could trade him. His value is very high. Outside of Cat, right? Forget about Ant. You're not trading him. Nobody's going to want Rudy. Who do you think has the most value in a trade on the roster? Is it Nas? Is it Jaden? I think it's it's both Jaden and Conley. Just okay. and Conley, just because of that contract, because everybody's always looking for those aspiring deals. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. as far as value goes and upside, because he's still so young, yeah. Jaden McDaniels for sure. Yeah. yeah. So you so you think Conley could end up on a tanker just as an ex, as expiring money? Yeah, I mean, look at what they're doing to Chris Paul. He's gotten traded twice already this offseason. <laughs> like, he didn't that's have time thing. to unpack his luggage. No, like, no they, haven't even, they haven't even announced the Wizards-Warriors uh, deal yet, but they 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 kind of put him in as a little footnote. They're like, yeah, we traded Brad Bill, and we got Landry Shamit. They're like, wait, no, uh, Chris Paul was on that deal too. And then, like, fine print, they're like, Chris Paul. Oh, well, yeah, obviously Chris Paul was in there too, but we don't talk about yeah, that. 12-time all-star Chris Paul, whatever it is. Um, the NBA is crazy, and I, I wish I understood the money side of it a little bit better. I need mm-hmm. to like go to a seminar and figure it all out, but it's uh, yeah, it's a crazy league. Sometimes I like the NFL cap is crazy enough, but I think the NBA tops it for me. Uh, we're going to talk Minnesota Wild Draft as well. They added some assets, or did they? To their roster this week. Quick reminder first, though, uh, Sirius XM, proud partner with Locked On Podcast Network. You can find Locked On Sports Minnesota shows that includes Ron Johnson, the Minnesota Football Party, Minnesota Sports Rankum on the Sirius XM app. You can also find the hometown broadcast on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Hear Corey and Danny announcing the game as they take on Baltimore this weekend. Baltimore is a good team and a team that fleeced the Twins last year, by the way, in that Jorge Lopez trade. Um, Not great for your Minnesota Twins right now. We'll get to that before the show is done, but Minnesota Wild Draft. I think people label me a hockey guy um, and I'll I'll wear the badge, but I want to be honest about it. I don't know everything. So when people show me charts to try to tell me that Charlie Stramel first round draft pick is going to flop based on I'm not exactly sure his profile, his productivity profile, um, the position he plays, whatever, like people are comparing him or saying he has a 9% chance to like play a hundred games in the NFL, some absurd metric. Um, I don't really know what to make of it, but people did not like the Charlie Stramel draft pick. I did because I called his games in high school. I called his games in college. Uh, when the Gophers played the Badgers. Uh, it's a recognizable name, local kid. That's a good marketing ploy, but people don't like the pick. Uh, Reggie, you probably covered the drafted care. What what'd you make of the negative reaction to Billy Guerin's choice? Man, like people, like I saw Bleacher gave it a C minus. It's like, goodness gracious. But granted, if you looked at all the mocks before the draft, Nobody had the wild um, taking Stramel, which was interesting because I, so I looked at a couple different articles and I saw like 10 different guys mocked, like more than half of those guys were sinners. So clearly everybody else was in tune with what the wild were in tune with. They took three sinners to start the draft anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
But then there were guys from like Sweden and like guys like international players overseas and all that. And nobody, nobody had that. I saw, I saw a mock that had like 10 different players that the wild could draft at 21. And none of those 10 guys were Stramel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. Oh, well, uh, okay. And so, I mean, Garen went up there to that podium and announced the pick confidently. And he, he said, they're extremely happy with the pick. Look, I think it was 12 points in 33 games with the Badgers last year, five goals. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, my gosh, he was not good in his freshman. Well, he was a freshman. So give him some slack. And obviously they're not looking at him as being a guy who's going to come in and play right away. And so I think they hope that maybe another few years in college developing, then maybe going to the Iowa Wild and maybe he could reach some of his potential. Garrett said he liked his upside offensively, and he said he skates well. He's a big body, 6'3", the guy is. Yeah, he's huge. And and so he's a, he's a big body center. They believe he's a two-way player. He just has some more developing to do, as opposed to maybe a, a quote-unquote ready-made guy that maybe fans were clamoring for. I think best-case scenario was I, I tweeted it, and I probably shouldn't have tweeted it, Oliver Moore falling to the wild. He was what two picks, two picks away from being a wild player. Like I think if he was on the board at the time, I think Garen takes a swing. What was your infatuation with Oliver Moore? Why why is he everybody? Dude, he's like the eighth, eighth best, eighth ranked player in North America. Like he's like a dude. Hey Luke, Luke, you can watch um, watch Bally Sports North Gophers hockey this year, and you'll see him. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you know a guy or something? Do you have a connection with Bally Sports or something? Yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. I, I don't know about that. But um, Oliver Moore is supposed to be like the fastest guy on ice that you will see. Really? Just, just wow. One of those relentless playmaker energy guys. Um, like may, maybe not the highest scoring dude, but just the hardest worker. Yeah. And, I was gonna say, so what's the catch? Like, why why was he even all the way at the bottom teens then to begin with? Maybe not the highest score, you said? Y- yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe a little, little depressed ceiling offensively sure. and size-wise, not the biggest dude ever. But that's mm-hmm. it's not it's never been a huge deterrent right. um, for NHL But teams. elite at the few things that he is really good at and known yeah. for. Yeah. yeah. I don't know the draft board inside and out, so I can't speak to the value or just how good or bad the pick was. But, I, you know, I will say this. I mean, just from following the NFL draft for 20 years, you never know, guys. Like, I don't care what all the experts say, the knee-jerk reactions that take place. I get it. That's just what we do as media members and experts, et cetera. That's what's right in front of us. We have to analyze and assess this, but we really won't know until three, four years from now, if the Wild got this one right or not. That's just how it works. And again, I know he's not the guy that that you guys wanted, Oliver Moore, but they needed a new young center to get in the system. Reggie mentioned it. They grabbed three of them. They're just hoping one of them pans out just from a pure numbers standpoint. It sounds like his scoring really fell off. But if you look at his scouting report heading into the season, he was supposed to be, he was flirting, rumored to be a top 10 pick. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, there is a ton of upside with him. I know he was dominant in the USHL versus guys his size and his age. And I just think now, you know, it's up to the coach. As a coach, it's up to you to tap into his skill set, maximize what he does best on the ice, and just hope you can develop everything else he needs 
to become a good pro in the NHL. So you never know. I know you guys are bummed out. Not the guy that people wanted. It sounds like he was considered a big reach by a lot of experts, but clearly the wild liked him enough to pull the trigger. And we're a long ways from knowing whether he pans out or not. And I will remind you guys this as well, which we talked about on the Rankum show yesterday. Go check out that episode. The wild still have one of the best young core of prospects just as a group, as a pool coming up in the ranks in the NHL. So there's still plenty to be hopeful and excited about for the future of the Wild. C- couple things and good points, you guys. First of all, I love that Garen is unapologetic. Garen just makes decisions, does so confidently, and defends them. Um, and I love that he kind of went against the grain here. I am willing to give Stramel time. He's 18. And also, and Russo wrote about this on The Athletic, his dad died too. Like He's had a lot going on in his personal life. He was on a horrible Badgers team. Awful. And sometimes when you're a freshman and there's nothing around you, it's going to be tough to shine. I'm empathetic to that. Now, keep in mind what the Badgers are going through. They were terrible. They fired their coach and they hired Mike Hastings from Minnesota State Mankato. Huge shakeup in the college hockey coaching ranks. So the Badgers are going through a rebuild right now. Actually, you know, Stramel would have been maybe a candidate to hit the portal. You know, a lot of guys would leave in in that situation. Looks like he's sticking it out and he's going to be part of this new era of Wisconsin hockey. And Hastings is an unbelievable coach. So maybe it might not be this year. Maybe next year uh, the Badgers kind of have something around Stramel. And if he's still there, maybe that's when he gets to shine. But I'm willing to wait it out. I mean, for, for someone his size, for someone his age, you, you don't think there's going to be more development to come? I think there is. I think I'm I'm confident that there's more to Stramel than meets the eye. Uh, I'm rooting for him. I, I, I am. And I think that he'd be an awesome, uh, awesome story. St. Paul kid comes to play for the Wild, first-round pick. How do you not like that? So that's my take on the Wild. And now we get to the part of the show where we have to bemoan the Minnesota Twins, who are in a tie for the lead. Actually, they do lead by percentage points, but in a tie for the AL Central lead at 40 and 42. Luke, it sounds like uh, you know that Rocco rattled the cages a little bit after the sweep in Atlanta, had a players-only meeting. Rocco was pretty vocal with the media, which is rare for him. Um, maybe there's going to be a little shakeup here. I just don't know what cards they have to play at this point to try to get out of this funk. The pitching's coming back to the pack a little bit. Um, boy, it's negative right now, isn't it? They need a shakeup in the worst way. The definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, right? So, yeah, kiss this lead goodbye for good if they don't start making some changes in this lineup like yesterday, like last week, like last month, because it's crunch time now. Like, we're in code red territory, kind of do or die point. And I know mm-hmm. it's a marathon. It's a long season, but... It's long overdue for Rocco to have some of these team-only player meetings and shake things up a little bit. Some new trial and error here, guys. You need to get some new bodies and bats in there because what they got now is not going to get them where they want to go. It'll be 2022 all over again. Start with the lead for the first few months. Watch it slowly crumble the second half of the season. If it were me, I'd probably start with Joey Gallo, honestly. I mean, you paid him, what, $10 million just to bring him in from New York, and I know he started out hot. But the experiment, I think it's officially over. I mean, he ain't it. And you start by getting him out of the lineup along with another name or two, and you start being a little bit more 
proactive in finding a solution to this madness if you're Rocco. I don't even care who you pick, honestly, at this point. It's just time to switch it up. I mean, this is crazy. Swap two or three of these guys out for some fresh legs because this just ain't working. I can almost guarantee you if they roll with the same lineup tonight versus Baltimore that they had versus Atlanta, there's going to be a lot of angry, upset, frustrated fans that are going to be shaking their heads watching the TV. Hey guys, so just real quick, uh, some some breaking news. ESPN. Oh, I got a sound effect layoffs. for this. Hold on, Here we hold go. on. I got a sound effect. Wait for it. There we go. All right. Boom. Just uh, Andrew Marshan of New York Post says that Jeff Van Gundy has been let go from ESPN. Like Jeff Van Gundy. Oh, like canceled. Yeah, like it's it's done. Like he's he's being let go as a part of oh the, it's a layoff it's layoff. part of the layoffs oh my goodness yeah like Dang. that's crazy that's a JBG. big name yeah very much so he probably wow. ends up over at TNT or something but wow. um, but yeah yeah so that's like hot off the presses and there's there's apparently going to be like nineteen more big name talent that are going to go what nineteen. So, yeah, They're today is like house? D-Day there. It, it's just all these Whoa. companies doing these layoffs. It's crazy. Holy smoke. Sorry, but yeah, we're, we're talking twins. Those guys are cooked. It's funny, like last night, you know, the, the MLB announced this all-star rosters. Of course, none of the twins were, were on the, the starters. Of course. And now I'm thinking, and I would like to know from you guys, like, is there a twin – or two that makes sense in your mind by Sunday to be announced as an all-star last year, mm-hmm. it was big buck and Louisa rise. Louisa rise probably makes it again based on what he's doing, but he's not with the team anymore, you know? And then Buxton, he missed some time and he was slumping once he got back. Like, I don't see him making it again. Is there anybody in your mind that, that makes the, the all-star team? Duran, would make sense. Yeah, pitching. Yeah, direct, yeah. But is that is it? Joe Ryan. Maybe. Not with not including his last start, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's uh, it's a it's, it's a conundrum. it's a good question that raises a lot of kind of red flags. You're right. Like Correa Buxton, just on name brand alone, that's not going to do it this year. Uh, I no. mean, they're just not even close. You're right. Sonny's yeah. been really good. Sonny and Joe solid. Ryan could could maybe one of the two, and then yep. Duran. I think Duran's the best. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Had Royce but, maybe started the entire season? Maybe. Maybe, but maybe. it's 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 tough. Like. And I think it's indicative of what's happening. Like, we've already seen the Guardians overtake them. It's like, all right, here we go. And it starts, you know, brutal loss by the Guardians yesterday after you guys see that Jose Ramirez slide into home. Uh, and it was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, and then they ended up losing in the in the ninth. So yeah. yeah, this 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 uh division is so unserious and I think the twins are also unserious. So I'm not really sure how it's going to play out, but it seems like it's trending towards it playing out of the twins not winning it again. I think the problem that the last loss Rocco was just so exasperated. He was just like I just you know, I, I think he was like lost for words, and I think he was like looking for someone to blame. But everybody's just like, "Dude, it's it's kind of it's kind of you. It's on you, bro. It's it's kind of on you." 
And I think that's where things are just like, oh, man, like it's really bad. Especially, too, I can only imagine what the Polats think after investing all that money in Correa and, you know, all the, the starting pitching that was supposed to be good. You give Pablo a new contract. And they're just a middling. Maybe calling them middling is, is even being too nice. But they're just like a middling franchise right now, just not doing anything well consistently. You bring up a lot of good points, Reg. I'm curious, and easy to say in hindsight and play devil's advocate here, but I mean, of the three or four big trades that they've made in the last two seasons, has any of them really panned out? Has any of them made you feel really good about the move that was made? I mean, I know a couple of them really blew up in their face, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, so the Mally trade to since uh, from you know Cincinnati yep. is going to be one of the worst they've ever had mm -hmm. um, because they gave up two guys that are balling in Cincinnati, uh, Spencer Steer and then uh, CEC. What's yep. it, What's the full name? Encarnacion Strand. Yep. Um, or CES, sorry. He's uh, up and he's playing and he's balling. Steer is, and I think Strand is like close. He's really, really good. And then uh, the Lopez trade with Baltimore, they gave them Yenier Cano, who's like one of the best relievers in baseball. Um and Cade Povich, who's going to be a stud. So, so those two, horrible. Brutal. The Padres oh, deal brutal. with Paddock blew up in their face. The Joe Ryan acquisition is the one that you can kind of hang your hat on. Mm -hmm. But Th Falvey and Levine are just in the cooler right now. I mean, yeah. they everything they touch is ice cold. The, the signings, the, the choice like not to trade Kepler, uh, trading, you know, the guys they've let go are succeeding on other teams. Uh, it's been a mess. Yeah. It's been an absolute mess. And you Would, can like you can give them credit for assembling a pitching staff via trade across the board, basically, like bringing in all these guys and and they're performing performing pretty well. But the the batting lineup, the position players, they've assembled a team that is slow, a team that doesn't hit for average. Uh, they've kept around veterans that are seemingly in decline. It's it's rough, and all the big contracts too. The, the like Correa, Buxton, Gallo, anyone making any considerable amount of money, Kepler, have all been miserable. It's yeah. it's and yeah. the Luis Arise trade, right? I mean, that's number yeah. one. I mean, oh, yeah. or, or, or and, near yeah. the top yeah. trading Arise and then extending the guy you got for him, and then having him immediately just fall back into the pack. You um, can't go one for five on those types of trades, those no. big monster trades. That changes the direction of a franchise. It really does. I mean, it mm -hmm. happens in every sport. So you got to go at least 50-50 to lose so many and only win maybe one or two with the Joe Ryan trade that you mentioned. That's debilitating to a franchise's long-term big picture. So, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say that's the sole reason we're in this mess right now. There's so many factors, game to game, Rocco having a lot to do with it. But big picture, those hurt, man. Those really stink for the next two, three, four years. Yeah, and you know what's scary too, Luke? We were talking Twins Prospects yesterday on the Rankham Show. Yeah. You know, there's some nice position players. You got Lee. You got, um, obviously, Lewis. You got Emmanuel Rodriguez. But there's not a lot of pitching mm -hmm. coming down the pipeline. Um they gave up some nice pitching in some of those trades. You know, they've, they've given up some prospects trying to be buyers. This is why I don't want them to buy at the deadline. You're not good. So don't <laughs> like, if anything, sell, 
you can't be worse than you are right now. Get some, get, get some of these younger guys up here and just see what they can do. But I don't want them to deplete this prospect pool anymore for the sake of trying to win the worst division in history. Not sorry, not, not interested in that. Um, yeah, man, their top pitching prospect is Connor Prelip. I think who's a second rounder last year. So you won't see him for three, four years if he even pans out, but you're right. I mean, it, I'm just looking at the top 40 list. It's pretty thin. It gets thin quick. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not great. Not great. Uh, Reggie, what's going on at care 11 tonight? Are you, are you uh, on the news tonight or are you, yeah. are you a Friday off guy? No, no, no. Yeah, we're we're doing the the Care Eleven Sports Extra tonight. So nice. Uh, we had one on ones with the new Timberwolves draft picks. So we'll we'll show those tonight. Uh, I I had a one on one with uh, Leonard Miller. Will had a one on one with Jalen Clark, who's recovering from the the torn Achilles. Um, junkyard dog, he called himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so he should be a fun player. Uh, once he gets healthy, probably doesn't play this upcoming season, but we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, big fee, not the little one, is what I always say. Nafisa Collier is having a season. Coming into the year, Cheryl talked about how she was going to be their best player. She challenged her a couple weeks ago. Hey, you need to shoot more. Fee's like, okay, bet. She hit the first game winner of her career last night, she said, like ever. She's never hit a game winner before. She hit the game winner, and it was cold-blooded nasty. I don't know if you guys saw the, I did. the video, but, like, good Lord. I watched it live, and I think I yelped. Hopefully I didn't either scare or wake up the neighbor. So we're going to talk about that performance and just how the links are, are now. So I think it's, it's five wins in their last seven games. So uh, they're, doing, they're doing well. Maybe they're doing a little too well for the Caitlin Clark, Paige Beckers, Angel Reese sweepstakes, but – yeah, we're, we're talking that, and we'll see what the Twins do against the Orioles and uh, see what the Saints do. They, they're still playing the Braves affiliates. So. All right, good stuff, Reggie. Appreciate your contributions. He's at Reggie Wilson TV. And, hey, big day for our guy, at Luke underscore. Uh, 48 years old today. He's <laughs> doing the wind horse. Uh, we love you, Luke. Thanks a lot. I'm Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Uh, happy holiday weekend, 3-4th of July to everybody. Enjoy yourselves, and uh, so long on Friday round. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 